Hey friends, it's Mark James and today is Thursday, Thursday, the 19th of October. I already know what you're thinking. What is happening? You did a podcast on Saturday night and now it's not even a week later. It's not Wednesday. Here you are again. What's going on? Why are you back? What could you possibly have to say? I don't know, honestly. I'm starting to feel the love towards podcasting again. I'm starting to feel like... I'm starting to feel like it was a huge part of a time in life when I maybe developed some good habits. I'm starting to feel like psychologically the podcast was good for me and that maybe what I need is you guys. <laughs> I get loads of messages from people saying that you need me. Well, not loads. I get some. I had one once. I I, met, I emailed myself once. So <laughs> no, I, I, I do occasionally get messages saying, are you putting an episode out? I could do with a lift or, you know, it always cheers me up or I've got a long drive or whatever it might be, whatever reason you've got for listening to this podcast. I do get messages sometimes and it's nice to feel wanted and, you know, maybe needed. I'm not exactly the fourth emergency service, am I? But it is nice to feel like somebody wants to hear from you. And also, in recognition of that, I should probably realise that there are times when I need you. Because I could just say everything that I'm saying out into the void. I could just, you know, tell the dog. I could just get him up here and say, listen, we're going to have a long chat. And I could rant at him about stuff. But it wouldn't really be the same, would it? Knowing that I'm recording these thoughts and that real people will listen to them is an engine for change inside of me. Sometimes it's accountability. Sometimes it's just actualizing or vocalizing thoughts to myself that I haven't necessarily fully realized on my own. Sometimes I say things that I go on to later regret or realize were incorrect. Sometimes I prophesize and turn out to be ahead of the curve. Hey, here's a one actually. Last week I was talking, was it last episode or the one before? I was taught, well, I recorded it in the house. It must have been the one before last. I talked about how there are no openly gay professional footballers, uh, openly gay professional male footballers. Important distinction there, because there are openly gay female professional footballers. The stigma does not live in that place in the same way as it does for men. I suppose in some ways, like the thing we talked about with elevator operators, you might expect more women in football to potentially be gay. It's one of those places where you guess... And you probably guess right, because, you know, when women are involved, as we learned factually, this is not opinion, as we learned factually a couple of weeks ago, when women are involved in uh, occupations that are most typically dominated by men, the women in those occupations have a higher than average propensity towards being gay. And when men are involved in occupations that are most typically dominated by women, the men inside of those occupations have a higher propensity toward being gay. So it is no surprise that in a male-dominated sport up until now, like football, obviously the tide is turning. It's unlikely that it will flip, but, you know, women's football is getting more popular. It's unsurprising that women within that football 
are more likely to be gay. But conversely, inversely, it is very rare that men are openly gay. And we talked about this the other week. And now a guy, and I must just Google his name, he's called Jacob uh, Jankto or something. I just want to make sure I get it right. 100%. I was per- I was correct. Jacob Jankto. He is a uh, Czechoslovakian professional footballer. And he plays for... Well, he plays in the Czech Republic national team. And the, is that Czechoslovakia, though? Is the Czech Republic Czechoslovakia? Because I always grew up saying Czechoslovakia. But is that also... Right, hang on. Czech Republic. I need to just check this. Okay, it isn't. First Czechoslovak Republic. So are they different things? Oh, fuck. Right, hang on. This is going to get confusing. The third Czechoslovak Republic. So is it the same? <laughs> oh, God. How the fuck do you spell Czechoslovakia? I can't even Google it. Right, hang on. I mean, I'm going to sort this. Just bear with it. It'll take two seconds. Is Czechoslovakia the Czech Republic. Oh, God. Supposed to be well-travelled. Okay. So, on January the 1st, 1993, Czechoslovakia... This makes perfect sense, by the way. Czechoslovakia, I grew up knowing that name, separated peacefully into two new countries, and they are, of course, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Both of which, by the way, I've been to. (laughs) Which is perhaps more embarrassing that I wasn't entirely sure. But you know what it is? Conversationally, I think I'd have been more sure. But when you're recording it, you at least want to get some facts right when you talk as much shit as I do. So Czech and Slovakia, Czechoslovakia, is now the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Two different places. And, of course, Prague is in the Czech Republic, famously. A very popular uh, holiday destination. And Jacob Jankto is from Prague. And he plays for the Czech national team. But he also plays in Italy for uh, Caligari, who are in Syria. A. So he is now openly gay. He's out. And he is... One of only two, and the other guy's Australian, one of only two openly gay um, premier quality footballers, you know, playing for the national team, playing for the um, Premier League in the country that he plays in. And there are no other... There is a young guy, 18 years old, who plays for Blackpool, who's gay. There's a couple of others in second division and lower divisions, but not premier quality footballers, which is important for changing the narrative and the conversation, you know, socially, that more high-profile players come out as gay. And it'll be interesting now to see if that sparks a change, if it sparks a revelation or a revolution, and more elite-level, high-quality Premier League and other, you know, Premier-quality league players start to come out. I'd like to think that they do. I think that that will change society in a huge way. 
in a huge way. Pop culture, you know, will be shifted massively if more Premier League quality footballers come out as gay. And as we've discussed, statistically, there has to be more. So hopefully they'll come out. Uh, Anyway, it's funny that we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, though, and suddenly it's in the news. Not that I prophesized it, but, you know, I was talking about it and then it happened. So sometimes we're on the pulse here every now and again. Anyway, I suppose with those thoughts in mind, I wanted to reflect a little bit on change to look back a little bit over the podcast because I was telling a friend of mine today about the podcast. I said, they said, what are you up to? And I said, oh, well, I'm going to do some tidying. I'm by myself. Uh, Sarah is working away currently. So we're sort of juggling a bit of things going on. And uh, I've got gigs as well. And, you know, Josh was at school and all of these different things. And they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm tidying the house. Um, I'm doing a few different jobs. I'm going to record a podcast. I'm going to uh, get on the Peloton. Um, spoiler alert. I didn't really get on the Peloton, but I have done, you know, I've moved towards anyway. So they said, the podcast, what podcast do you want? And I said, oh, my own podcast. And they said, what is it? I said, well, it's funny that you don't know because I don't really plug it because it's gotten to a point now, as all of you know, where I don't necessarily want new people to listen. I'm quite happy with the people who already listen, listening. I'm comfortable in that situation because obviously I get quite in depth on here and I quite often work out how I feel about things because I think that's important in society that people are given room to find out when they're right or wrong and I do it on this podcast publicly and hopefully that helps other people question what they think and feel about things and examine their own thoughts in a place that is safe for them and sometimes when I talk about certain things I I wouldn't like people to get the wrong idea. People who don't know who you are and don't know where your opinions and thoughts come from and don't necessarily know your politics or your heart or who you really, really are. And all of you who listen to this already, you know who I am. So when I stumble over thoughts around, you know, um, gender politics or sexual politics or um, any sort of ethics or trans rights and gay rights and, you know... um, talking about war and famine and social issues and all of the stuff that goes on every day in the news, I often work out how I feel about it on this podcast. And usually I'm quite safe, I think, in that I come down on a fairly left-leaning liberal viewpoint, which is certainly the safest side of the tracks to be on if you don't want to get cancelled by society in the woke cancel culture, you know, yada, yada, yada framework that we now live in. And I say that with my tongue in my cheek and, you know, a smile on my face. But there are people who maybe don't quite have as left-leaning views as me. And those people have every right to work out how they feel. But sometimes they're not given room to work out how they feel. Because if they have opinions that are not necessarily au fait with you know, the loudest voices in society or the most progressive left-leaning voices in society, then they get shot down instantly. 
And I was talking to my friend Stephen Williams the other day, um, who is gay, as we've talked about many times on this podcast. Turns out, by the way, that he is thrilled that I remind you on a you know annual basis that he's gay because he wants everybody to know. But it's important for this chat that we were talking about the politics and ideology and ideas around being gay and the progressive movement around that and how that's now gained an acceptability in society that it didn't used to have. And, you know, trans rights and things are 20, if not 30 or 40 years behind gay rights and, you know, where gay rights used to be. And it's not necessarily accepted as it maybe should be. And so, and I have complicated views about that too, that I'm still working out as we've all heard and talked about here too. But we were talking about that and I said to him, it's a real shame that actually a lot of people might find themselves with a progressive opinions, but as soon as they say one thing that's wrong, or maybe even ask a question that suggests they don't already know what is right, society just jumps on and shoots them down and cancels them. And they end up so burned by the experience that they just clam up and think, well, fuck you then. If those people can cancel me for even having a a question, then maybe I shouldn't be siding with them. And I think sometimes we, as a society, are our own worst enemy. We shout people down for not yet having fully formed opinions. And rather than educating them or helping them to understand where they might be right or wrong, assuming that you're right in the first place. Um, instead, we just piss all over them and don't give them the space to work out who they are. And sometimes on this podcast, I would hate to think that I have a thought or a feeling or a question that I ask and then answer, sometimes in the same episode, but that someone would start to listen and then turn off before I answer that question and come to a conclusion and decide that my opinion is something different to what it is. Or that it's based in something other than what it was. And so it worries me, new people listening to this podcast. I don't like the thought of it. I'd rather nobody new listen to the podcast, or if they are, they would at least listen to 10 episodes before they make an opinion of who or what I am. And so that worries me a little bit at times. But when I look back over the podcast, I realise how much it's shifted in that when it first started out, It was kind of me just really telling all the funny stories I'd ever told anybody. (laughs) You know, I would make notes of funny stories. And whenever I would tell someone a story, I'd put that in my phone. And I would say, I want to tell that on the podcast this week. And it did start off as predominantly funny stories. And if you'd like to hear a lot of those, go back. Go back to the 100th episode when I did a compilation of... I called it the 100th episode, Almost Stand-Up Special. And I did a compilation of all the funniest stories from every episode previous. And then, since then, it's evolved. It's been funny stories. And then there was a time when it was like quizzes and I would sing songs from musicals. And then there was a period when I did loads of poems. Every episode, there was a poem. And then it was times when we just got through COVID together and we talked about what we were worried about. And then there were times when I had submissions from people. And then more recently, it's kind of morphed into deeper discussions about society and what's going on. And then I've talked about gig progress and I've talked about fitness and health and weight loss and weight gain and exercise and running and all of those things. And it's really been through a bunch of different 
amalgamations and changes. And if you've been here for the whole thing, as some of you are, thank you. I salute you. And I just want to say, to give credit where it's due, I need you more, (laughs) probably, than you need me. All right? Don't ever feel bad about messaging me and saying, is there going to be a podcast? I'd like to hear one this week or whatever. Because I ultimately maybe need you more than you need me. And I'm putting maybe in there because I can't admit it fully. But, you know, I've admitted it a little bit. And actually, after I finished telling my friend that, that's when I decided to record a podcast today. Just get one out there and just be a bit more cavalier. Less prep, more action, get a podcast out. So here I am. And I opened the podcast app. And the top 10 most listened to episodes come up. They are there to remind you of where you've been successful and where you've been unsuccessful. And it's quite interesting. I'm not going to talk about numbers because I don't think that's important. Because there are episodes with hundreds, thousands of listens. And there are episodes with, you know, the average. I mean, there there are some episodes that have got 50 and 60 listens. And there are some episodes that have got thousands and the average is, you know, towards the lower end of the middle, (laughs) the very much lower end of the middle. But that's okay. I don't mind about the numbers. Like I said, I'd be more worried if the numbers suddenly went up. If every episode started getting thousands of listens, I'd actually be stressed out. So let's keep it where it is and I won't really plug it like I don't really plug it. Um, So if you want to plug it, maybe we can bug it. Joke it, joke it, joke it. Anyway. The most listened to episode of all time is the 100th episode stand-up special. The second most listened to episode of all time, weirdly, is the first episode, So I'm 35, Donuts and Honesty. And then loads of just really good funny ones that a bunch of people shared seem to have stayed near the top. And then, it's weird, an episode from April is right near the top, which was called the biggest ever episode, Viva Espanol. And by the way, I can't see the full, um, I can't see the full name of every episode because it's like just a short, you know, the screen wasn't wide enough to show me and I didn't click on them. But I can see that the episode where I talked about throwing eggs at the wall I don't remember what all of these things are about, by the way. I remember throwing eggs at the wall because I remember that I was trying to make eggs Benedict and I did the eggs wrong and then I got the eggs wrong again and then I got the eggs wrong again and then the final eggs that I had left were perfect but by the time I nailed the poaching, I'd split my hollandaise sauce and I was so pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) that I just threw the eggs at the wall. I threw the plate with the eggs. I flipped it up against the wall and the plate broke and the eggs exploded over the wall and I turned the pan off with the hollandaise sauce in and I just went and sat in the living room and Sarah went, what's happened? And I said, I've just lost my rag. (laughs) I'll have to go back at some point. Um, In that same episode, I did a rap about Sockaholic which I remember Sockaholic had sent me the wrong socks and then they hadn't sent me any socks and all of these different sock-based problems happened and I was pissed off about it and I did a rap to uh, lose yourself or something like that. And then the last word in that is losing. So I wonder if that was the episode where I talked about how I lost my virginity, which anyone who's listened to this podcast will know is a ridiculous but hilarious story. Um, 
then there was the podcast in 2022, a podcast in five parts, where I also interviewed my friend Alex about the fact that he'd done my show and done my script and tricks and all that stuff, and to sort of see what um, what his thoughts and feelings were. It was a bit of an interview, and obviously that did well because a couple of people shared it. Um, next one is called Ghosted, play-by-mail gangster and nostalgic leopard. Now, I have to be honest... I do not know what Ghosted is about. I don't know what Nostalgic Leopard is about. <laughs> if anybody knows, if anyone can remember, just send me a little note that will trigger my memory of what those things were about. But I don't know what Ghosted or Nostalgic Leopard are about. But I do know that Play by Mail Gangster is about when I was a kid and I used to um, do this Play by Mail game and my gang was called the Roughnecks. And you used to send in instructions about what you wanted your gang to do. And then the next week you'd get like a status update and you could make more actions. And uh, I didn't play it for very long. Then the next one was called I Can't Relax, Walking a Marathon and Shit Receipt. (laughs) Now, I Can't Relax and Shit Receipt. I don't know what they're about. But I do know that walking a marathon is from when I walked a marathon during lockdown. I decided to spend the day and walk... 26.2 miles and I did it it took like eight hours but I did it because I had a couple of breaks in between but I walked the entire marathon length um which is mad to think that I ran a half marathon this weekend which I'll talk about in a sec because I recorded the night before it didn't I um so I don't know what shit receipt is about but it sounds funny the next one was hello old sport tea with sugar and the saga saga part one Now, obviously, I know what the saga saga was because it was about the ship that I did where I got, you know, uh, investigated by customs and a finger stuck up my ass. Tea with sugar. I can only assume I was talking about the fact that I think it's mad that people overreact when they get given tea without sugar in because I can basically drink tea with or without sugar. I don't give a shit. Like, however it comes, I'm not bothered. But my mum really flips out if the tea is wrong. And I'm assuming that that was about that. And hello, old sport. I'm not exactly sure. I know that um, Joshua got obsessed with that phrase when we watched Gatsby, but I don't know what else it was about. Then the next one, and there's only two left. Um, 7th of November 2022, pube envy, citizenship test, and something else. The citizenship test, I remember doing that. I took a British citizenship test and I took an American citizenship test and I think I passed both, but I found the English one harder. (laughs) Um, Pube Envy was about being at school and there being a kid in my PE class who had loads of pubes and I didn't have any. And I remember thinking, when am I going to get pubes? And now I don't have any, I shave them off. But I remember thinking, when am I going to get pubes? I'd love to have some pubes. (laughs) there'll be another thing that uh, men will recognize or you know maybe I should say people who uh, have grown up with a penis that when you would um, oh how do I approach this delicate subject when you would decide to indulge in the act of self-pleasure there was always a you could you could the the the, (laughs) i've suddenly gotten very coy because this has come out of nowhere we used to talk about wanking all the time do you remember the fit fap when i talked about how if you touched yourself your fitbit would register that as a run and i generally was about 700 steps um anyway 
there used to be a time when you were younger, if you started to indulge in the, you know, self-active onanism, that you would be aware that you'd finished. It would come to a natural end like it does, you know. We all know what I'm on about. But nothing would happen. There would be no product of that ending. There would be the feeling of an ending, but there would be no waste product with which one would have to dispose. There would just be emptiness, air, a clean ending. And then there was a very short period when there would be some sort of product, but it was like water almost. It was a very thin, almost non-existent substance. And then there came a time when there would be the natural product that we all understand that is required for the um, production and making of babies. And you would be envious of the idea that other people could do that and you couldn't. And then it finally started to happen and it was good. And let me tell you, in later life, it's just a waste of tissue paper. (laughs) Uh, And it's maybe a minute or two extra where your loving other half has to just lay there perfectly still while you go to the bathroom and they shout, don't piss first. Bring me the tissue, you arsehole. <laughs> and you would just go, hang on, I won't be a sec. Just fucking wait there. Hold on. And then you'd come back and give them a roll of tissue paper. Or if you were feeling especially romantic, you would get the tissue paper and, you know, uh, do the community service yourself. Oh, gosh. <laughs> This is the sort of shit that happens when I don't have any notes. So anyway, pube envy. And then the last episode was your questions, where presumably I answered your questions, buried in the garden, where I know what I would have talked about then. I would have talked about the time that I was staying in digs in Panto. And the guy who owned the place was basically doing some um, maintenance work on a small gravestone inside of the kitchen and then he told me that his mother was buried in the garden and last in that episode was dinner ladies and I know what I would have talked about then because I would have talked about the fact that it annoys me that when I was at school the dinner ladies would try to tell me what order I should eat my lunch And I always hated that because I think it's my lunch. Just let me, I'm eating everything. What difference does it make if I eat the sandwiches first? But even now your instinct is to eat the sandwiches first. And I don't know why, but I always did. I always have. And presumably I always will. And that was set into me by dinner ladies. And I rebelled about it in school, but now I'm not bothered. Now I'll eat the sandwiches first. I don't care. But it is funny that they would get involved to that degree. But anyway, so they were the top 10 episodes of the podcast. Did I miss any? I didn't miss any. So if you can remember what um, nostalgic leopard means or ghosted or shit receipt, (laughs) please let me know because I'm fucked if I'm going back and listening to them. I'm not going back and listening to them. No way. Just not my style at all. And I hate uh, things that I've made. Um, Oh, I've just had exciting email. I've just had an email saying what I'm getting paid tomorrow, which I get every Thursday. And I've just had an email from a guy, I won't tell you his name, but he's just said, Hi, Mark, just wanted to extend a thanks for your penguin lecture. I have used your handlings for the silk to egg and half dyed silk with great success, as well as many of the other ideas you employ for staging. That's nice, isn't it? I don't know if you listen to this uh, podcast, buddy, but if you do, thanks for sending me that email. Obviously, I'm going to reply as well, just saying cheers, and I really appreciate it. Um, But that's nice. 
It's nice when that happens. Literally just appeared then on my desktop as I was deleting the screenshot of the... Um, and there you heard the noise. I just went to delete the screenshot of the um, highlights from the podcast and uh, saw that there was an email there. So anyway, that's the things that I didn't come to talk about and we're at 28 minutes. So let me just quickly talk about the things I did want to talk about. Last time I spoke to you, it was pre-gig on Saturday and I was about to do a Magic Club dinner and I was talking about the lack of lighting. What I'll say is that um, it didn't turn out to be a problem. The lack of lighting was fine. The audience were spectacular. I mean, like, really fantastically good. Such nice people. Perfect attention paid. No talking, no walking around, no distractions. Um, they all turned their chairs the right way. A chap called Guy Wade was the uh, compere, and he did a fantastic job. He really got the audience on side, warmed them up perfectly, introduced me very nicely, and I had a great show. A really, really, really nice show. I enjoyed it a lot. I did uh, the human blockhead hammering a nail up my nose. I did the detective thing. I did my eight cards to pocket that I did in uh, America. Just really fun. Really, really fun. I liked it a lot. And then I left and drove home. And without stopping, I crushed carbs on the way home. I basically ate a bowl of chicken and bacon pasta, uh, two wraps and some chocolate and some other stuff just to really, really carb up. So when I got home, I felt bloated and, you know, not great. But I got straight in bed. I got into the house at 10 to 3, 2.50 a.m. Got straight into bed thankfully went immediately to sleep no pause just boom out like a light and then I woke up again I think at like 10 to 8 so I basically got five hours sleep I jumped about a bed showered and everything did all the things Sarah and Joshua were ready to go grabbed the few bits and bobs I needed and we jumped in the car and drove to Manchester and we arrived in Manchester now I'd booked a parking space in a Tesco car park for the long haul that wasn't that far from the starting line but unfortunately as we were driving to that place there were roadblocks that the satnav didn't know about and so we got diverted right into the center of the city but a guy walked past carrying running stuff and wearing running stuff but you know carrying like a, a running vest and stuff and he was clearly going to do the marathon. He had a marathon number, a half marathon number, strapped onto the front of his T-shirt and everything. And I thought, he's clearly going to do the run. He obviously hasn't already done the run because the elites started really early at like eight o'clock. So if he can walk from here and start, then I can walk from here and start. So I found the nearest parking space. We parked in it, jumped out of the car. Sarah and Joshua walked for breakfast. I walked to the start line. Turned out to be about a mile and a half, a mile and three quarters away. So I walked it in just under half an hour. Um, and I was there in plenty of time. I needed the toilet. I went into a Weatherspoons, had an absolutely giant poo, which was just as well, really, because I would not have fancied running with that in me. I needed to get that out. Had a huge poo, left the Weatherspoons and walked to the start line. And my group, the orange group, was the last people to run. Anyone who predicted that they would finish in two and a half hours or more was in the orange group. And that was me. And before us was the blue group who predicted that they would finish in about two hours, 15 minutes. 
So they'd already gone and I got to the very front of the start line or as close to the front as I could get and was ready to go basically. And we started a few minutes early. The race kind of got going at 9.59. Um, it should have, I was predicted to start at 10.03, but I started at 9.59. And you know what? All of the nervousness and the carb loading and all of that stuff kind of just ebbed away as the race started. And I got going, I had my playlist on, I had um, uh, Rock and Roll Star by Oasis as my first song on the playlist. That kicked in and I was running in the centre of Manchester, of course, and we ran into town and past shops and stuff and the streets were lined with people supporting the half marathon and I was, of course, surrounded by fellow runners and the first five kilometres, the first 3.1 miles, honestly just drifted by. I didn't walk a single second of it and I just stayed on form and I ran at a nice pace. I did the first um, first 5K in like 31 minutes and then the second 5K where I walked a tiny little bit, I did in an hour, uh, sorry, in 32 minutes, meaning that my 10K time was an hour and three minutes and 40 seconds or something like that. Or 20 seconds, sorry. So I was one minute and 25 seconds faster for that 10K than when I did the dedicated 10K in Scotland three or four weeks before. So I was really pleased, considering that I hadn't massively trained, I hadn't tried to push my times quicker. Somehow, the size of the day and the crowd and the flat run and all of that stuff just picked me up and I felt great. So that was 10K done. But then I realized I've still got 11K to go. So I've just run as far as I've ever run before. And I've got more left to run than I've ever run before. Psychologically, that hit me a little bit. But I decided to keep going. I'd broken the run down in my head into... Whoops. Hang on. I've dropped you. I've picked you up again. I'd broken the run down in my head into four... Because it's 21 kilometers... 13.1 miles, I'd broken it down into four five kilometer chunks with the extra kilometer on the end. But I hadn't really thought about the fact that a 5k is 3.1 miles, 3.11 miles, which is of course what I run most days. So I know that. But the markers on the road were miles. So when I got to three miles, I'm like, okay, I'm a quarter of the way there. Then I get to six miles and I think, okay, I'm half the way there. And then I get to nine miles and I'm thinking, I'm three quarters of the way there. I've got three miles to go. And then I get to 10 miles and the obvious maths kicks in that if it's 13.1 miles and I'm at the 10 mile mark, I've got 3.1 miles left. So rather than having 5k to go a mile ago, I've now got 5k to go a mile later. And that was the point when I really hit the wall. That was the point when it really just in my head sunk in like, oh shit, I've hit the wall. Because we turned a corner and the one big hill of the marathon was there. So I walked the entirety of that hill. I probably walked for about two and a bit minutes before I started running again. And it just hit me like a train. It was hard. That last three miles was really hard. And it's funny, in the third to last mile, all I was thinking was, if I can just get this mile over, I'll have a mile left 
before there's only a mile left. You know, these are the bargains that you make with yourself. And then with two miles to go, I'm thinking, right, I've got a mile left before there's a mile left. If I run this without stopping, it's 20 minutes. I know I can run two miles in 20 minutes fairly easily. Of course, I've just done 11 miles, so not fairly easily, but on any other day, fairly easily. Then when there's a mile left, obviously you're thinking, fuck me, there's a mile left. That's nothing, I can do this. But it's harder than you think it's going to be. And then with half a mile left, you're thinking, just don't stop running. This is five minutes of pain for a lifetime of knowing that you finished 30 seconds or a minute or a minute and a half quicker than you could have done if you did some walking. And then with quarter of a mile left, I'm thinking... Once I go over that start line, I never have to run again if I don't want to. (laughs) Honestly, that's all I could think. You never have to run again if you don't want to. Just keep going. Nobody can ever make you run again. And then I went over the start line, the finish line, sorry, and I got my medal. And it's a huge, really nice, really ornate, beautiful finishers medal. And I got my finishers T-shirt. And I saw Sarah and Joshua and Sarah, Joshua hugged me and Sarah was crying and they were both really proud of me. And I didn't cry this time. I cried after the 10K because I was alone. Uh, my, My friend was there, but he'd finished 10 minutes earlier than me. And I went over the finish line completely by myself and it was overwhelming. And I couldn't wait to tell Sarah that I'd finished and that I'd achieved the time that I wanted to achieve. And I found that idea overwhelming. But this time she was there and she saw me at the end and Joshua was there and he saw me at the end. And there was both so proud of me and they were crying. So I didn't cry. I let them cry. And I I was thankful as gratitude was what I felt rather than uh, overwhelming emotion. But that came later. So we started to walk away from the half marathon and I was surrounded by other people who looked bruised and broken and were hobbling and I was hobbling and it was like a mile and three quarters to the car. And I teared up a little bit on that walk because I was in pain and it was emotional, of course. And, you know, it I got like a delayed reaction to the emotion. And then we got in the car and I drove us home and I got in the bath and I fell asleep and stayed in the bath for five hours <laughs> because <laughs> I was completely, utterly fucked. No two ways about it. I was done. I gigged the very next day. I gigged the day after that. I gigged last night and I'm gigging tonight. But I didn't run until yesterday. And actually, it might have been a bit too soon because my left chin has been so sore that I've barely, I've been hobbling a bit today. So I decided not to run. I've been in quite a bit of pain. So I'm going to run again tomorrow and do the Peloton and get back to it. But today I found it sore. So instead I tidied up. I did some work on the computer. I chilled out a bit. Decided to record this podcast. But my finishing time for the half marathon was two hours and 23 minutes. And honestly, I was over the moon. Really, really over the moon. Because if you break that down, you know, if you think that a kilometre takes me um, on any given day... Six and a half minutes, six minutes, 20, something like that. So if you break down the rest of it, I basically averaged um, two hours, nine minutes, two, uh, sorry, an hour and nine minutes or an hour and eight minutes for a 10K. Obviously, the first one I did 
a good bit quicker than that. But the second one was a bit harder. And if I could run a sort of 10K in an hour and seven minutes as an average, I'd be more than happy with that. So there's work to do. I'm going to push on. I'm going to try and get better. I'm going to do more runs. Next year, I'm going to enter the Great North Run. I'm already doing a half marathon in Edinburgh. So that'll be two half marathons that I'll do. I'm going to look for more 10k runs. I'm going to start doing park run as a regular thing. I'm certainly going to do it this Saturday. Uh, I've got my band and everything for it. So I'm going to do park run. And I'm just going to try and be a better runner and do more. And I'm going to start including cycling in that training as well now. Now that I don't need to just run, I'll start to cycle as well to sort of build that up and build my heart rate and everything up and uh, see where we go from there. But I'm very proud of myself. Two hours, 23 minutes. I've got a medal, a finishers t-shirt that doesn't fit yet and uh, a story to tell. And I just told it. So it's 13 minutes past three. Joshua's about to finish school. Well, he's just finished school, but he'll call me in the next two or three minutes. So I'm going to call an end of the podcast there. A surprising, maybe even bonus podcast on Thursday that nobody saw coming. As always, hope I gave you some laughs. And with all the will in the world and everything being good, I will speak to you next week. If you know any information about any of the things I said, do me a favour, send me a message, let me know. I'd appreciate it. And uh, much love to you all, yeah? Bye, friends.